0: Ken Miller oh, mama! Trent Condon Four. This is Miller and Condon On Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO Hi, good morning everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Monday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller for the next couple of hours to talk sports with you. We appreciate you uh, sliding on in here this morning, spending some of your, hopefully for all of you, an abbreviated week uh, here with us. BMW Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. Alec Bussey will join us. He covers Iowa State for CycloneAlert.com. We will look back at Saturday. Take a peek back at yesterday's... What would you call that? I mean... uh, (laughs) Let's play somebody. Let's get to that point in the schedule. I know it's coming, but boy, oh boy. Uh Anyways, uh, Iowa State conversation at the bottom of the hour. Nick Athen will join us. Uh Chiefs Insider, com will preview the Monday night game tonight. Bama Bob will be here. Trent Bama and I will go around college football. And then Scott Dockerman, who covers the Hawks and the Big Ten for the Athletic. He will be with us coming up here at 1230. Mr. Monday Night, boy, we got ourselves a good one tonight to finish out the... It's been a pretty good week of primetime football, the Eagles and the Chiefs, and away we go. Lots of ground to cover, including congratulations to put the cap to Southeast Polk, and to you for another successful season of calling high school football games, but... Uh, Boy, the play right at the interception at the end of the first half, right? Turning point, I don't know. Certainly a big play at the time when it looked like the Hawks may be able to make it a little interesting going into the locker room, the the Ankeny Hawks. Um, that wasn't to be the case as the interception
1: sealed the deal? Yeah, I mean there was the opportunity, 35-21, there was the chance for them to come back, and uh, they had to, obviously, just didn't work out. Didn't have the opportunity to make that happen. So, yeah, that's kind of what you're left with, right? You're left in the spot where... You were not able to get the play. The punt, uh, 35-21, there was a punt. The gunner, it was a short punt. There was a great opportunity. The kid did the exact right thing, right? He He went there, and he was left with... You run to the sideline. I mean, that's what you do in that spot. You run to the sideline. That's the play to make, and he got hit by the ball. I mean, he did everything correctly. He did everything right. And it just didn't work out. So, you know, it's just one of those times, one of those days that, for whatever reason, it didn't go Ankeny's way. Southeast Polk, three consecutive victories. It was definitely one of those that left you kind of shaking your head, left you wondering, and, and seeing exactly what this was going to be, what it was going to be for them uh, overall. So that's kind of where we are in that spot. Uh, definitely one of those, though. Southeast Polk, three consecutive state championships. An and incredible story. And are they loaded again next year? I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of rebuilding in front of them. There's gonna be a whole lot that they're going to have to go through to figure out because that offensive line, they're departing. The quarterback's departing. The they got one of their two running backs that are departing. It just they lose a ton off of next year's team. Valley's gonna be stacked, Dowling should be very good. Both Walkies, Ankeny's. it's it's not gonna be like it's been the last three years, where they're kinda of head and shoulders above everybody. If it is, it's going to be another dog, dog fight in suburban football here, as it's really morphed into mm. not just in central Iowa, yeah. across the state of Iowa.
0: Uh very interesting well let's uh let, let's get to the uh, the needle movers if you will and that's the hawks and the clones we'll start in the order that they played uh iowa gets a win senior day pretty emotional territory taylor with a, a huge ovation noah shannon you were there mm-hmm. um uh had to be a pretty cool moment when both of those uh guys took the field right it,
1: it really was yeah and noah shannon making the decision we're gonna make him the honorary captain i mean just just how cool that was and and seeing that uh, just a stroke of genius by Kirk Ferentz and the football staff. Hey, let's get him out there and give him a different kind of recognition. That was just a really cool moment, and and it was just a fun day in Kinnick. You know, uh, you get out early, the two nothing lead. <laughs> you know, it was going to be a dog fight, but you get that defensive score, <laughs> yeah. and and this team, they're not great offensively. They have their issues. But they've been better, Trent. They have been, been better. better. They've yep. gone from an F to whatever grade you want to give them. Still, probably a D. But sure but it's better and if when you watch the game you can see the deacon hill he still airmails some throws mm-hmm. he still misses badly on a few mm-hmm. but he is so much better than what we saw when he took over the reins and this is a guy that has put in the work you can see his growth that he has made and they're they're the best of the worst right it's the worst division in college football history there's no doubt about it <laughs> at a power conference level there has never been anything this bad it's okay yeah. You win it by. They're going to the Big Ten championship. They're going, you have yeah. it locked up going into the final week, and it's a short week. It's a difficult turnaround. Kirk's complained about it before, and uh, he had a comment in the post game, I think, complained about it again. But it is the reality with the Black Friday game. It's one last day that you mm-hmm. have the opportunity to get your team ready. You do wonder, and I think it's going to be a conversation this week. How many guys that are iffy this week, that are questionable? Well, did you hear Ferentz in the postgame? You did. And, and he said it coy. I get it, but I've never heard him say anything close to that of you. But they've never been in this spot before. Well, well I told you, I've never yeah. heard it before. <laughs> there, there's never been this kind of opportunity where you have it locked up. Mm-hmm. There is nothing to worry about college football playoff. May locked. leave the starters at home. Yes, because what do you have to gain? No, I, 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 I Trent, I couldn't agree
0: with you more. I have
1: no problem with what he said. You have one opportunity to get into a major conference bowl mm-hmm. game, and that's winning the Big Ten championship mm-hmm. and do something that Kurt Ferentz has not done now in 19 years. Yeah, win a Big Ten title. Right, 2004 mm-hmm. is the last time they won a Big Ten title. What's the best opportunity to do that? Uh, the one that's going to happen a week from Saturday. Right. The win against Nebraska would mean absolutely mm-hmm. nothing in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Now, it went for Nebraska
0: because it they're would. still looking for that elusive sixth win. Right. So selfishly, I mean, I love talking to SIP, so do you. <laughs> if we get a bowl game for Nebraska to you know to uh, to discuss um look it, it, it's great here here's my i want to see if you agree with this what do you think what in your mind one of the bigger plays in the football game was the return by wetchin you're preaching to the choir Trenton. Yeah. this is why i love working with you you're spot <laughs> on you are spot on i thought that was huge 15 17 yards whatever it was mm-hmm. it gave them life Nah, not life they were it gave them Hope. a little jump step right <laughs> they took the field thinking okay you know, we're, we're not backed up. We're not up against. I thought Weijin's return. And look, at that was a hell of a play, too, because they were draped all over him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a hell of a run back. And, and I thought one of the bigger points
1: in the game. Speaking of that, talking about the growth of Deacon Hill. Got the ball on the 46-yard line after the Wetchen return. Go back to the Minnesota game. Where did they get the football? The 46-yard line. Was it really? After the, yeah, the, right. the punt return that difference. wasn't a punt return. Right. And that one felt hopeless. Uh-huh. But they got it to the forty-six, and there was hope—something that wasn't there a month ago in the game against Minnesota. I never, I never put two and two together. Though. That's really good. Forty-six yard yeah. line for because for the them. Minnesota game, you knew it was over. It was over. Yeah, uh-huh. you had mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. Twelve yards of total offense mm-hmm. in the second half, and they were doing nothing. This make a play. Mm-hmm. How about Nicaragui? Some of the pet catches that he made, although the one
0: in front of his bench hit the ground, <laughs> and it was a good thing that they snapped the ball very quickly because quick. they yeah.
1: realized that it hit the ground. Um, Seth Anderson, but yeah, to your point, he was really good. He was really good in his final appearance at Kinnick. They have 19 receptions in the game, 14 of them from wide receivers. This is a team that won a game without a wide receiver catching a football. Uh-huh. Talk about growth there. 14 yeah. of the 19 catches coming from that. Estrenga? Yeah, that, he, he, he emerged. That touchdown? Deacon Hill does not make that throw. He doesn't let it mm-hmm. clear a month ago. He just doesn't. Mm-hmm. And now he's more comfortable. Slowing down a little bit yes, the game, do you think, absolutely. for him? Absolutely. Yeah. Remember, this is a kid that Didn't play a ton in high school. His senior year was 2020. I think he got four games. Oh, boy. Yeah. He went to Wisconsin. He was a fourth and fifth teamer. He's not Uh getting real reps doing those kind of things. He comes here, and though he got a lot of reps in spring because of McNamara, he never thought, I don't even know if he thought he was going to be the backup. No, I don't think he did. Labus was. We got the depth chart in before Big Ten media days, and it was Labus listed as a backup. Uh And Labus is working his way back from injury at the time. But this is a guy that probably came here and just thought, I'm going to stay in a cool college town. I'm going to be quarterback, <laughs> going to have a good time, but I'm mm-hmm. not going to play. Mm-mm. He was targeted for Fordham. He wouldn't be playing at Fordham right now. And here he is now, and he'll get a shot against Michigan-Ohio State coming up in two weeks. Yeah, Fox, 7
0: o'clock kickoff, Indianapolis. Uh, it's up against the ACC tilt, so you know which one is going to win the day. Uh, the Big Ten will win that fight. Uh, I got to I got to credit the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Trent, I didn't even notice Johnny Newton on the field, and this guy's a first-round pick for Illinois. He filled... Against the run game, he was really
1: good. He
0: had a few tackles, but it's not like... Trent, I've watched him dominate teams this year. Dominate.
1: Yes, and we just saw absolutely nothing where we were able to go out there and see Johnny Newton be the impactful kind of guy that we anticipated. Offensive line held up, and they did it again, really banked up. Connor Colby now. He was one of the few guys that Mm -hmm. was relatively healthy. He exits the game. Ellsbury came in. Logan Jones, what, first two series, I think yeah, it was? it was not there very long, yeah. And you could see he was limping over the sidelines, and as he was limping over there, uh, definitely felt like it was going to be over for him, that this was going to be something where we just weren't going to see him, and we're not going to see him at a high level. So offensive line banked up. They protected. They played at a high level. This football team and the defense, the way that they were able to get out there, and then on fourth and one, mm-hmm. knocked the ball down. Look, this team is not what we're used to pass rush-wise, from Iowa football over the last yeah, five, true. six years. Yep, They just haven't had the same kind of juice that they've had Although in the Joe past. Evans made some plays. He did. He did again this
0: week. And he was responsible for the safety, was he not? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, because yeah, he came in on that stunt yeah, yeah. and forced the fumble there. You had so many guys that just play a role. And if you're not going to be able to quarterback, knock it down. Well, the play before that, mm-hmm. they had the same thing. Yep. Back-to-back pass deflections. What was the number? 13 pass deflections defended in Jeez. the game. I don't know if that's there was a, record, a bunch of them, but it but it seems like it should be right. Yeah. I can't remember a game right. with that many pass deflections in it, and Iowa was able to do that. Just the defense doing their job, offense doing just enough, special teams solid though. Drew Stevens, yeah, that's a couple of weeks in a row, right? We've uh-huh. seen, we've, we've seen uh, him uh, miss the opportunity, miss field goal. Yeah. Speaking of field goals, so that's in uh, on the side of the field that my seats are at. The field goal for Illinois that put him up four, thirteen nine. Okay. And I watched the replay again last night. I don't know if that thing was good. And the angle from on TV was not good. You couldn't really tell. It was like dark and yeah, I don't remember it being an issue, so I don't So where we were, we thought, Oh, that thing's that thing's wide right by four feet. Really? We don't have a great angle. that at bad? It. Yeah, it was and then hands you know, go up you're like, oh we got a bad like... angle. You can't tell. And then I saw the TV <laughs> angle and it certainly wasn't definitive on that one. Now, in the grand scheme of things, again, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Yeah, Twitter would have alerted me if it would have been an egregious miss, I think. And I didn't see that. Because we had the weird shadows in the game, you could tell camera work-wise it was difficult because mm-hmm. you're changing shutters and all that stuff to try to make it. There were times where, and that was one of the plays where it was just too dark. Okay. But you couldn't really see the football. I didn't know if you saw anything again. No, I didn't. On Twitter, anybody talking about I, that.
0: I didn't. Uh, I didn't get anything from the play-by-play of the color guy who, by the way, who were just atrocious. Yeah, that was not a good guy. Oh, my God.
1: Well, who are these guys? I, I I don't when I heard the voice. I'd have never heard of him. The uh and when I flipped on the game last night and rewatching it, I uh the guy, the color guy, sounded like Jess Settles. Like it just settles. You
0: no, know, he's he's with Drake,
1: wherever Drake's at. <laughs> right. Yeah. And by he's... the
0: way, Tucker DeVries went one for ten in the Bulldogs mm-hmm. won yesterday. Yeah. What a positive sign that is. Overton did a
1: really good he's a really job good of player. stepping up Yeah, yeah he's, right. a,
0: he's one of those uh I don't know what Drake's N I L situation is, but they that's one of the guys that well, let's wait, let's let the season play out. Yeah. Uh let's go to Ames. Um I don't know what we said it last week. I don't know why Huffer's trying to pick a fight. I don't know what he's thinking. But it stuck with this Texas team because it was bulletin board material leading up to the game. Uh, Sarkeesian named uh, the two offensive linemen as captains for the game, so they would walk out onto the field for the coin toss. And the Iowa State captains would look those big boys right in the eyes. And uh, look, it's just this sweat kid, this 93, is... Man amongst boys. And he went right by Hufford to block the extra point, which was a huge momentum swing. Iowa State gets a touchdown. Boom. Uh, they run the ball all the way down the field after the blocked extra point. So um, it was so un-Iowa State-like to begin with that that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Iowa State players are lipping off against an op- an, an opposing team that has way more talent than you. The other thing from yesterday that kind of stuck with me a little bit or, uh, was the fact that Sarkeesian was bringing up the five-star culture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that was... Was that three years ago? Brees
1: Hall, three years ago, right? That's
0: what I thought. Yeah. Um So that that was living uh, in his head for a while. But but look, Iowa State had nothing they 're going to a bowl game, yes it 's all about the practices in the month of December to mm-hmm. get that young talent more reps and 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 keep participating in football through December and not have to put the pads away after the Manhattan trip this week and then see them again whenever spring ball starts in late march, early April, so um, look, it was going to be a very difficult uh undertaking to beat Texas in the first place they gave them, they gave them their all wasn 't good enough um But again, I don't know what Hufford was thinking. I truly don't.
1: Yeah, don't poke the bear, right? And they absolutely poked the bear in that situation. Nine rushing yards in the football game. Just never could get anything going there. Zama, seven carries, 11 yards. Eli Sanders, six for 10. Uh, Though the beautiful play call on the little swing pass out to the left that he scores the touchdown. Here they come. Get it, cut it to three. No, not going to cut it to three. You get the two-point conversion Mm -hmm. um, and run back the other way. That was... That was about as deflating of a moment as you're going to find in a football game. That is as deflating and just frustrating as it can be. You hung around, did you get a maybe a little help on the punt return in the first half? Sure. Yeah. And but you're there and you're gonna be within three and all of a sudden the momentum and it's starting to build and mm-hmm. and that and now it's a five point game and just that was as impactful of a play throughout the course of it that you're going to find. Seeing those plays. In fact, we had, I think, three of them that happened in college football on Saturday. Blocked extra points, ran back for two.
0: There's one in
1: Kansas, Kansas State, and another game out oh. there that it also happened in. And that one, don't, it wasn't over, but it almost fell over at mm-hmm. that point. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. What do you think of Quinn Ewers?
0: He's fine. He's not great though. I mean, he's not he's, great. Yeah. He's fine. Yeah. I'm look. You'd rather have him over a lot of quarterbacks, but I just this was a million dollar. This was a million dollar recruit. Mm-hmm. Apparently, um, he's
1: working his way back from injury.
0: That's too. He said his throwing shoulder. Now was the yep. end of October. Fair point. Fair point. Um, but yeah, I guess you can see some glimpses. They ran the ball well. I mean, Iowa State ran the ball for nine yards. Again, the offensive line is picking a fight with the defensive line of Texas. What were they thinking? It's Not what you do, it's not what you do, and it's no. so on eye with state like. I mean, Campbell doesn't let the freshmen talk, maybe you should do the same for the seniors. If you are <laughs> gonna, gonna say that, yeah, my god,
1: the uh, fourth and one play where they scored the touchdown oh to Easton D. Oh my god, what a thing of beauty! That, that thing, was. you know, we've seen some, and, and that's a great thing about college football is you just see different kind of uh-huh. things, and we'll probably eventually see that morph into the NFL, and somebody will try to do it, but. You go back to a couple weeks ago what Rutgers did with the tush push, and then it was actually a fumble Ruski back behind Mm -hmm. the legs. And, you know, you see so many things. And that one, you fake it, you take that step forward in Easton Dean. Was not exactly a blazer? No, I'll say. <laughs> but he is a wide. Oh, open what a right senior
0: n- moment for him! Yes. Right, as he says goodbye to Jack Trice Stadium in fine fashion. Oh, uh, My oh man! So go on the go on, take on K State again. You got six wins. You're going to a bowl. You're going to get 15 practices or whatever you. Uh, decide to use um, take the fan base make them feel good about a little postseason after last year this is a this is a huge year for Matt Campbell's team
1: you're playing with house money now absolutely are and we're on Saturday night too and you're taking on a Kansas State team that's good yep but not unwinnable no when when it came out 11 that seemed hefty That's to me. A lot of lots, a lot of points. That's exactly where I was too. That's a lot of points, and thank goodness that the Big Twelve got around to finally uh, handing out the scenarios. So that was very good of them to finally get them out yesterday. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and and Texas, who all day long yeah. was well, if they win, they're Winning in. Wait a minute, they're
1: not in. <laughs> nope. <laughs> How are they changing this on the fly? <laughs> now, honestly, Big Ten. SEC. Yeah, this is a wake up call for everybody. This has to be, because going forward, how many years? There's probably going to be a team in every conference that runs away with it, much like Texas this year. There's going to be teams that go nine and zero or even eight yep. one. But how many years are we going to have three, four, five teams tied at seven and two? Yeah, a lot. Or maybe in a crazy year where you got an outlier that's nine and zero, and you got six teams that are all tied at nine and three. There's a real likely scenario that that happens, and because of that. You know I've been beating this drum for a long time. The big ten they got a lot wrong in twenty twenty a ton wrong mm-hmm. in twenty twenty. The one thing that they got right is not just a championship game on that final weekend. Yeah, that was awesome, but everybody playing yep. Yep. and with the playoff and say all right, it's the the third and no, the fourth and fifth place teams are playing each other. They're both nine and three. you know what with a win in that last weekend, that'd be good enough to get in the top twelve, you know to finish eleventh and and move up in the standings and it's I don't know. Penn State against Washington, and the winner of that game set that thing up. I don't care what you got to do. Look, college football makes it up on the fly. Make this one up too. <laughs> yeah. The Big Ten, yeah, y- you can swing one. You got mm-hmm. a big one right now. Mm-hmm. Go out there and say this is what we're going to do. And if it means that you have to reevaluate your schedule and you just have eight regular season games and then that Champions Weekend, do that. But whatever it is, I think that is a great opportunity. For the Big Ten, because they'll never these, happen. though. these tiebreakers are going to be a mess. I agree. I, I hope that they at least listen to
0: that uh, option, uh, put it on the table, and at least toss it around. But it seems it's
1: it's too logical. And The SEC, so they're going to blow up their way to sixteen. Yeah, you're not going to have divisions. Nope. You're only playing eight conference games, so there's one less mm-hmm. game to kind of get separation. Does this there. force them though? You would think so. It's going to take one year, right, where uh-huh. a team goes 10-2. and two, Sorry, you're on the outside looking in. You're not even in the top 12. You're not at the top 11 is what it's going to be because, well, you know, you, you kind of had an easier path this year. The two of the six conference games that you played that were difficult weren't very good. Those were the good teams that you played. There's going to be so many opportunities out mm-hmm. there. This Divisions, I get it, stink because of, all well, the old Big 12 North and then the Big yeah. 10 West and yeah. make all your jokes. But there's a reason for him because it simplifies things a whole lot more. It does. Uh, I want to go back to Iowa City in a final couple of minutes. Um,
0: certainly, I'm, I'm guessing that the stadium felt the same way. A lot of living rooms did at the end of the football mm-hmm. game, seeing Brian and Kirk and and realizing what it meant. And 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 Brian was uh, the players with Brian. Um, I'm surprised. I, I thought for a minute that they were going to put him, pick him up, and just carry him off the field. I could see that happening, but mm-hmm. it was a pretty emotional time. And look. It's time. I get it, and and they're not going to do do have a redo uh, when when it comes to Brian. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, it was good to see that it ended in that fashion with a win, so they could have that moment. It's still look, and and Brian's making a lot of money, and he's made a lot of money, and pops made a lot of money. But at the end of the day, they're father and son and that has a whole lot more to do with just money, right? There's there's some special feelings there, and it was it was, it was was good to see. It really was.
1: Um, I think there's a lot of folks choked up, including
0: this 64-year-old, watching it happen. For the
1: last seven years, I have been at the forefront of Brian Ferentz did not deserve that job, that Brian Ferentz was not qualified to be an offensive coordinator at the Big Ten level for his first OC job. I was at the forefront of that. I do not like Brian Ferentz as a play caller. I You've think, made that clear, by the way. I think he's in over his head. Yep. But if you didn't feel in that moment yep. something there, yep. you might be broken inside. Right. I don't like Brian as a offensive coordinator. Right. But as a person. A guy that almost lost his leg for Iowa football. yeah, Lost his leg. That's true. I remember it. Had staph infection. Yep. And was moments Close. away Close. from having to have amputation. Yep. A guy that lives and breathes Iowa football. That grew a rock. That's all he knows. And that moment... For a guy that has been through a ton, uh-huh. to get that, to have that with your dad, yeah, and then y- your
0: dad walking off the field with your sons—I mm-hmm. mean, come on, that's incredible.
1: Come on, yeah, I mean, just one of those moments that will be remembered. Yep. And you know, I—I I had this argument with uh, somebody on my Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, and he, well, they haven't beat anybody. They—they they, who cares? Right? They haven't. You look at their quality wins. What's their best win? Rutgers, Iowa State? Rutgers or Iowa State? Oh, yes. I mean, it's not exactly the who's who of college football that they've beaten this year. But when we look back upon that, as a fan, will you remember that? No. Well, they didn't play anybody. No, they played for the Big Ten Championship. 2015. They didn't play a very difficult schedule that year either. Nope. Do you remember? Is that where your memory goes? No, I remember the play at the end of the game. Yes, that's what you remember. You know, when your Jets made a run to the Western Conference, you remember if the bracket opened up for them that year? No, you don't remember that. What you remember are those high moments, mm-hmm. those great moments, the wins, however it was. Yep. You're not going to remember that Illinois was 5-6. and six. No. <laughs> no, you're going to remember the moments that happened yeah. out there. Yeah. And as the memory fades a little bit, you're still going to have the great parts of it, the memories of how this team persevered mm-hmm. through as much Oof. angst yes. as you're going to find in a college football team. Two NFL
0: starting tight ends. Your quarterback that you brought in to save the program. Your first-round on the defensive side of the ball as good a punt returner as there is in the game of college football. Um, yeah, that's that's what you remember, and the fact that they were able to patch it together, keep it together, and get where they're going—pretty impressive, pretty darn impressive.
1: One of Kirk Ferentz's best coaching. I think years. it is.
0: I think it is. Normally, Big Ten Coach of the Year worthy.
1: Yeah, David Braun. He's going to win. Yeah. He's going to win. I mean, Harbaugh is an automatic cross. Sure. Up. He has been there supposed, half the
0: year. True, and he was supposed to be there. <laughs> right. Northwestern won one football game last year, and they ran their coach out of town in July, or whenever it was. It was late. It was
1: July. And here they are in a bowl game. In a bowl game. Yes. In a bowl game. Most years, yes, it's Kirk Ferentz. Yeah. This year, though... Circumstances. It's, it's Braun. Yeah.
0: It's Braun. Tip your cap to him. Eleven twenty five. We'll take our time out. We'll come back. We will uh, get back to Iowa State with Alec Bussey. Iowa State K-State. Fourth week in a row, prime time for those cyclones. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Good for them. Uh we will talk to Alec Bussey on that. Did you watch any of the basketball yesterday? Did you watch the Iowa, Iowa women or the Iowa State men?
1: Uh probably a combined maybe fifteen minutes between the two. I, I flipped on the Iowa State game early and it was thirteen to two and I'd had enough. Yeah, that was basically. Basically kind of the same kind of thing. I think that's when I got in and just got uglier and woof that team was bad. Grambling You only had to lay 27-and-a-half. Is that what it was? It was a <laughs> gift from the gods. <laughs> so you did? Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah. College basketball was very good yesterday. <laughs> 20, you only had to lay 27-and-a-half. <laughs> and home free come halftime. Yeah, time. you were. And the Iowa women, that looked like a completely different so
0: team. So when you think back to the K-State, it was did they just have a better plan? Were they
1: able to execute?
0: they have better athletes? I was in the NFL yesterday. I didn't watch any of it.
1: It was, I mean, a big part of it is K-State's got... Three really athletic girls that could defend Caitlin. And nobody else stepped up. You know, we kind of touched on a little bit on Friday. Nobody up else stepped up for the Hawkeyes in that game. Everybody was stepping up. And in the first quarter, I think Caitlin was like four or seven from the floor, something like that. The rest of the team, 11 for 11. Is that a fact? <laughs> or maybe hit their left first eleven Holy shots. Mackerel. Yeah, it was one of those kind of games. They were able to do whatever they wanted offensively. And Marshall,
0: Marshall got some points yep. yesterday. Everybody
1: got going. I huh. uh, saw probably the best game from Sharon Goodman. I thought was really good at times. Saw a little bit also uh, out of Al Grady. So the post players got going. Mm. It was that was a complete team win. And you look at the final score. It's like one thirteen ninety. And Drake beat Iowa State the week before. They did. And you think eh, it must have been. Oh, well, they won by 23. There's something about that 113 to 90 that looks makes it look, or at least in the eye, made it look yep. closer than it was. It wasn't close. They're up uh. 30. They're just cruising. That's a good Drake team, too, that very well could win the yeah. MVC. Mm-hmm. Remember, Drake last year, they took Louisville to the wire in the NCAA right. tournament. Yep. This is a good Drake team. Yep. And yep. Iowa, when they're playing like that, that way offensively, well, they can beat basically everybody. Caitlin Clark tonight will be part of the Manning cast. Yeah, how cool. Yeah. Well,
0: uh, I'm not saying I'm going to see any of it because I'm listening to Joe Buck and and Troy Aikman. Anyways, we will take a time out. Alec Bussey on i. State. When we come back, we'll talk about the Monday Nighter with uh, Nick Atherton from Chief Splits. That's coming up at 11.50. We'll go around college football. Scott Dockerman's an hour, number two. So is Mr. Monday Night. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Get you on the go. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Uh, Nick Athen coming up, ChiefsBlitz.com. We'll take a closer look at the Monday night game, rematch of last year's Super Bowl. Eagles and the Chiefs. Chiefs a two-and-a-half point favorite. Let's get Alec Bussey in here. Covers Iowa State uh, for CycloneAlert.com, part of 24-7. Alec, Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Alec?
3: Good hey guys, thanks for having me on. I'm um, excited to be on, and happy Thanksgiving week.
0: Absolutely, and uh, right back at you. So let's do football before we... I mean he's gotta spend a minute on on the grambling game with just uh Baloo um seemingly starting to uh pick uh, maybe the game's slowing down a little bit. We'll save that for a second the the, the texas Iowa state game look it was um I guess it wasn't, it wasn't a blowout by any means. What, a finish, a 10-point game? The thing that just stopped uh, uh, jumped off my television, Alec, was just how difficult it was for Iowa State. It was impossible for them to run the ball. Texas really good against the run, but they took it to an entirely different level, uh, I guess, against Iowa State this past Saturday.
3: They got there. Yeah, I think that Texas... Um... I think what makes Texas so good this year is their ability to kind of control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and that was one of my biggest concerns coming into the game was just how good Texas's defensive line has been for most of the season, and I think Iowa State really, really felt that. Um, To rush for nine total yards is certainly not something that Iowa State wanted to do. Um, I was kind of talking with some of our staff, some other reporters last week of like, you know, how many rushing yards do you think Iowa State gets this weekend against Texas? And I felt pretty comfortable saying that they weren't going to finish with 100 because Texas hasn't allowed a, allowed a team to run for 100 yards since the loss to Oklahoma all the way back in the first weekend of October. But I didn't think that they would finish with nine yards. I thought that they would be around 50 or 75 or something like that. And when your offense is forced to become completely one-dimensional, it, it, it's really hard, um, I think, to move the ball against against Texas. And, um, you know, that, that being said, I think that Rocco Beck still had a pretty good game yep. aside from his one interception that I thought was pretty costly and came at a pretty pretty unfortunate time for Iowa State.
1: Throws for three twenty three, the two touchdowns, and both of them just beautiful play calls. Mm-hmm. Nate Sheilhouse, a young man that is has uh, grown up, what, his early 30s, his first OC job. You know, we talk a lot about, all right, well, the portal and NIL and guys leaving. I have a feeling there's going to be a few phone calls maybe coming Nate Sheilhouse's way mm-hmm. from the SEC and the like. Uh, do you anticipate the same after what he's done here with this group?
3: It's a really good question, um, one that I haven't really thought too much about. I guess I can maybe see it happening, but you also have to think that, you know, I think Nate has been at Iowa State since 2017 mm-hmm. or so, um, and that's a really long time to spend on staff. He also has only been the offensive coordinator for one year, and he has a great relationship with Matt Campbell, who he considers a mentor. I, I don't know if I would consider him, you know, a top-of-the-line candidate for other jobs. I don't know if this is maybe the best or the most fair comparison, but I think to... Um, Kansas State's Colin Klein last season. He obviously had a really good first year cord- coordinating K-State's offense, and then he was being courted by a few different schools in the offseason, including Notre Dame. and um, He ended up deciding to stay at K-State instead of leaving the Wildcats for the Irish. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if Nate has opportunities to go to another school, um, but I do think that he has to feel pretty good about where he's at with Iowa State, especially when you look at a lot of the personnel. They should be returning. Um, they're going to return a couple starters across their offensive line. Marco Back is going to return, um, and is likely their starting quarterback. I don't want to write it in a sharpie, but, um, you know, he's had a good year. I would anticipate him starting in 2024. Um, they're going to return multiple running backs. They're going to return both of their top two receivers. Um, ben Bramer obviously returns after a strong freshman year. There's a lot of reasons, I think, for him to want to come back to Iowa State and build on what has been a pretty successful first season for him as Iowa State's O.C.,
0: uh, did Verdon get banged up at the end of that football game?
3: He did, yeah. I don't believe he finished the game, so we'll make sure to ask about um, his status on Tuesday with Coach Campbell. Uh, and that's obviously a pretty tough loss yeah. uh, for Iowa State secondary, especially right after you get Jeremiah Cooper back and he starts and makes mm-hmm. a pretty big play. And- the game on Saturday night, so it's tough to kind of lose another guy that you've been able to rely on for much of the season.
0: Uh, I thought Joey Peterson, as well as the you know the the entire defensive line, uh, certainly early in the football game had a big impact. Peterson, in particular, getting the quarterback a couple of times. An item uh, got to Evers once, uh, our yours once as well. Uh, your thoughts on the defensive line play going up against, as you mentioned, a pretty good offensive front?
3: Yeah, they definitely did go up against a really good offensive line, and I give John Hancock a lot of credit um, for. I think bringing some more pressure than he typically does. I was impressed by his willingness to speed up viewers in the pocket. And I think that that was something that got to Quinn at a few different times. I still think viewers had a pretty solid game I and mean, he was 23 of 33 had 281 yards and two touchdowns um, average eight and a half yards in attempts. Um, you may be like to do that, be a little bit higher for Texas, but you know, he had a few balls. and I think he would probably like back in certain fashions, but I think he was sped up a few times, and I think Iowa State secondary allows um, John Haycock to bring some extra pressure when he feels like it's necessary because he trusts his five DBs on the field to cover. And I think that you know, I think that Iowa State secondary did a really good job of that. I mean, Xavier Worthy goes for 77 yards. Um, Ad Mitchell doesn't really make any major plays. He only has three catches for 32 yards. Obviously has the touchdown called off the board. Um, because of a flag on on the Texas offensive line. But I was really impressed with the way the defense played for the most part. I thought if Iowa State was going to have a chance to win, which I think you can kind of say they did, Mm -hmm. that the defense was going to have to prevent Texas from hitting on explosive plays, which is something that they did really well, I thought.
1: Mentioned the running game, just didn't get going. going to need that this week if you're going to upset K-State on the road. But we see Abusama, he's lightning quick, not a real big guy out there. But they're trying to get carries for four different guys, with Norton, with Sanders, Hanson, and Sama. Is that sustainable? I mean, going into next year with four different guys, or do you think it would be better to find, you got a number one and then you kind of figure it out after that?
3: It's a really good question. I think a lot of times it's great to have depth at running back because it's a position where you see guys get banged up and get hurt a lot. And I think Iowa State feels confident in the depth that they have at running back. But at the same time, I think trying to keep four different guys happy and you know balance the carries between four different players can be really difficult. I will say I think what makes Iowa State's rushing attack unique and why I think that they can potentially keep three or four guys happy is that I think Sama is more of a change of pace guy. I don't know if I ever see him being a three-down a three back for Iowa State just because he is smaller. Um, I don't think he'll ever have the the power to get you some of the tough yards just because of his size. But that's where I think guys like Eli Sanders have been valuable for Iowa State this year. I think Gay sorton has had, um, I don't want to say a disappointing year, but maybe inconsistent. There's mm-hmm. been flashes of him having really good runs or or good games, but then he hasn't been able to build upon it. I think when the running back room returns next year, what you want is you want someone to kind of emerge and someone you can trust to get you four or five yards. Um, And then you have Sama as a good change of pace guy. And I think that they might like to try and use Sama a little bit more out of the backfield as he gets older. I think back to early in the season against Northern Iowa, he was used a few times there. And he hasn't been used as much um, out of the backfield as the season has progressed.
1: Grambling. All right. We're not going to learn anything there. We hope to learn more, (laughs) though, coming up this week as they make their way down to Florida. What are you looking to see in the first after a 4-0 start against four tomato cans? What are you looking for as the competition really stiffens this week?
3: I think there's a lot of things to want to look for, right? Because we feel like we don't have a great feel for how good this Iowa State basketball team really is at this point, just because of who their opponents have been. I'm really looking forward to how some of the transfers play against high major opponents, but should be pretty good high major opponents. And even if you know, you don't end up playing Texas A&M, but you play Florida Atlantic, who did lose to Bryant over the weekend. You're going to be playing some pretty good teams in all likelihood. So I'm excited to see how that kind of goes for, for Iowa State's backcourt. I like the way Keyshawn Gilbert has played a lot this season. I was really impressed by his, his jump stop floater in the late in the first half yesterday. I thought that that was one of the best plays Iowa State had on, on Sunday in the blowout win over Grambling. Um, so I want to see how that translates. And then I also really want to see how well um, someone like Milan Mump, to the beach, transfers over to mm-hmm. some high major opponents. He's really played well. He's scored in double figures in all four games, obviously. But how does that translate to, you know, playing against bigger, more athletic, more talented opponents um, is something that I'm certainly going to try to observe. And then also, without Hassan Ward, yeah. what does the front court rotation look like? Because with Ward um, expected to miss about six to eight weeks at a minimum um, with a screw being put in his foot because of a stress reaction. You know, you're probably going to have to rely on someone like Omaha Blue, who had a good game yesterday, um, to contribute a little bit more.
0: What did you? Uh, where, where do you think Blue is in his uh, progression? I guess uh, in what four games into it, seemingly taking baby steps uh, each and each and every game is um, obviously the waters about to get a whole lot deeper, as you alluded to. Is Blue ready?
3: I think I was just going to have to hope he is. Uh, He breaks out yesterday with 14 points. I thought he was a lot more active on the offensive side. I think that they kind of found a good way to use him on the offensive end. Yesterday, he cut a lot more. They spotted him up in the dunker spot a few times in the half court. Those are areas where he can be impactful offensively in the half court. Um, We know that Omaha is someone who isn't going to space the floor and be a great shooting threat. He's like a good free-throw shooter. I'll give him credit there. But he's not someone who's going to step out and take a ton of threes or um, shoot a very high percentage doing it. At least that's not where his game projects to be right now. Um, and this is an Iowa State team that, you know, they they have players who excel in transition. I think of someone like Gilbert. I think Lipsy is fine in transition. I think Omaha is great in transition. But it's not a team that's looking to push the pace and play really fast. Like, they're not trying to get out on the Carolina break like they did under Roy Williams. Um so I think that finding ways to make Omaha useful by cutting to the basket, spotting them up in the dunker spot for lobs or layups, um, is a really good way to use him. And defensively, I think he can continue to be impactful because of his size and blank.
0: What have you got coming up at uh, CycloneAlert.com this week?
3: Yeah, it'll be a pretty busy week of content, obviously, with multiple with multiple basketball games, and then obviously the rivalry football game on Saturday down at K-State. So we're excited to, be, um, excited to be busy. We're not traveling down to Florida, but we will be – on-site Manhattan covering the final regular season football game. It's kind of sad that it's already week 13.
0: You're preaching the choir, my friends. Good stuff. Happy Thanksgiving, Alec. Uh, We appreciate what you do. We'll talk to you next Monday.
3: Thanks, guys. Looking forward to it. Have a good one.
0: Yep, you're the same. Alec Bussey, CycloneAlert.com 24-7 Sports. right, we'll take our time out. Come back. We'll preview with uh, Nick Athen. Monday night, Eagles and the Chiefs. It's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station,
2: 106.0. ...squib and Pfizer. Welcome back to Moines Sports
0: Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Kansas City. It's Philadelphia. It's the same two teams who played for the Super Bowl last year. We may see this again this year, but right now we know we'll see it tonight for sure. Chiefsblitz.com is where you can find all of Nick Athen's content, both written and spoken. And he joins us, Nick Trenton. Ken, thank you for coming on. Um, Well, both teams coming. Wait, 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 wait,
2: wait. Wait, wait. Before you get started, Yes, yes. congratulations on your Denver Broncos.
0: Yeah, uh, I have no idea how they won. They're sniffing I, a playoff. Break. They are. They're in second place in the AFC West. But thank you, Nick. Thank you very much. Okay. Um All right. So what what do we expect tonight? Both teams coming off a bye. Uh, I think the Chiefs are still looking for their offense, other than fifteen and eighty seven. Um, yep. But uh, Philadelphia, I don't think they're as good as they were last year. Yet there they are. Um, what 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 are we going to see tonight?
2: You know, I think you're going to see two teams that know how to grind out wins. And uh, listen, offensively, I think both of them are, are uh, you know, not playing to their level uh, for a variety of reasons, you know, between injuries, offensive line play, you know, quarterback issues. Uh, clearly, Hurts, you know, is hurting, yep. you know, bad knee, bad shoulder. I don't think that shoulder is healed from last year. Uh, it, I don't think he had surgery to repair anything. So that might be something to look for. In the offseason, that probably had a lot to do with him getting his big contract. They didn't want to have any you know, any issues there. But, um, listen, I mean, these are about as two equal teams as you're going to find in the NFL. They both have question marks. They have great quarterbacks. They have great playmakers on both sides of the ball. I think where the Chiefs are different this year, obviously, is their defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're playing as such a – if this Chiefs defense um, was on the field at, in the Super Bowl last year, uh, I think the Chiefs probably win this game by 14 points. So um, I, I, I'm excited for it. I mean, it's just been this has been a long two plus week mm-hmm. waiting for the Chiefs to play again. But um, um, I think I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have a very special night. I just think he's going to come out firing. Um, he spent a lot of time with Andy Andy Reid and with uh, Matt Nagy. I've confirmed this, uh, you know, over the bye week, kind of going over personnel and play calling and. You know, some things that he'd like to see change in the offense, and that's that's a good sign because I've been waiting for Patrick to, to play the Tom Brady role, and I think that's finally starting to happen.
1: Eagles, uh, the dirty little secret, not very good against the past 29th in the NFL in pass yeah, defense That's just shocking to me. We know, Kelsey, yeah. what Kelsey can do, that's a standard, but is this maybe coming out party for Rasheed Rice? Is that a possibility here? When you look at the wide receiver group, who do you anticipate steps up?
2: I think it's. I think you're right. I think it's going to be Rasheed Rice, and I think you're going to see a lot more snaps for Kadarius Tony. Um, you know, the guy I like to see less snaps is uh, Marquez Valdez-Gantling. Mm-hmm. I want to see Justin Watson out there more. Um, you know, Sky Moore is. I think he's he's improving. He's going to be a work in progress. They activated Richie James, which I thought was a little surprising on Saturday. So you know he could he could be a guy that's inserted into the offense. But to me, you know, it's Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, and you know, hopefully. And Justin Watson, I think, are the only receivers at this point that have proven anything to be steady. Um, I didn't even mention McCole Hardman yet. But, you know, those guys, that's where you focus. You know, you focus on those three. Hopefully you get some some good play out of Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco in the run game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are all positives for Kansas City. But, uh, you know, that, that Rasheed Rice has to be the guy. In the two weeks, I hope Andy Reid and Matt Nagy and Patrick Mahomes have seen enough this guy deserves more reps deserves more opportunities he is becoming that Juju Smith-Schuster role player that that they need in this offense and he'll obviously be better than Juju but um I'm excited to see what he can do against this pass defense as you mentioned just simply is not that good
0: uh Nick in our final minute with you help us out with the AFC if the Chiefs are the you know, power rank in your mind number one and I'd be hard pressed to say that they shouldn't sure. be mm-hmm. who's number two
2: it has to be the Ravens. Yeah. Um, You know, they're, they're, they they had a, they played a really good game against the Bengals. Obviously, you know, the Bengals lost Joe Burrow for the season, which is unfortunate. But, uh, to me, they're the, they're the team that, you know, we think we should be scared about, but the other times you watch them play and like, nah, that's not that scary after all. Um, you know, it still boils down to, you know, can, can that quarterback, can Lamar Jackson be a guy who can throw the ball in the fourth quarter? To tie the game or pull a team ahead, and I've still yet to see it consistently. So, you know, I think that's it. I, I I'm a big Houston Texans guy. I, I am. That is a team I don't want to play. Yeah. I just because you just don't know. You never know when rookies get on the field and have some success. What they're going to do. I think Jacksonville is vulnerable. Um, I think the 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 Bills. You know, we don't know yet for sure. You know where that sits and how they're going to end up. But, uh, you know, Miami, kind of the same thing. They didn't look great against the Raiders after two weeks off. Um, They have some injuries they're dealing with now as well. So, to me, it's Kansas City 1, Baltimore number 2, and I I think that would be a terrific game. Uh,
0: ChiefsBlitz.com, ChiefsBlitz.com. Nick, happy, happy Thanksgiving, Nick. We appreciate you coming on. We'll talk with you next week. Thank you.
2: All right. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Yep. Good to
0: talk to you. Nick Athens, we take a look at Monday Night Football. Bama Trent and I will recap the weekend in college football. Scott Darkerman on I with the bottom of the hour. Mr. Monday Night with his Monday Night pick before we get out of here at one. It's Miller and Condon. One hour to go. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO.